Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Hello everybody and welcome to another Real World Road Test on the Radio Show Limited Network of Channels. I'm John Hindorf. If I look out across the bay from where I am, I can see the skyscrapers of Sydney and just about make out that very recognisable outline of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. The car that is the subject of our test today is a new variant of a car that we've tried in the past and it's joining the ranks of SUVs with sporting pretensions, particularly in the styling in front of me now, in a rather fetching dark grey, called graphite grey in Porsche speak, is the new Porsche Cayenne S Coupe. Real world road tests. Well, we've taken our turn in the past in a number of different variants of the Porsche Cayenne, including the SE Hybrid and for about 80% of this car we could probably have said exactly the same as we said about the other cars that we've had in the past where things are different let's head down to the difference and that's at the back of the car the Cayenne S is the middle model if you will there's a Cayenne, a Cayenne S, a Cayenne Turbo and then you can put the hybrid Turbo SE in as well at the very top of the range. The big difference on the back of this car, of course, is the roof line. Now, I've said this before about SUVs and styling, and particularly with the quote-unquote coupe styling, I think there are very few of them that worked. And Porsche have come relatively late to this game, as have their stablemates Audi, I think they've probably got the best of it by looking at the mistakes that other manufacturers have made, to be honest. The Q8 is, for me, one of the most handsome SUVs there is, and I will say exactly the same about this new Cayenne S. Whether it's particularly colour-sensitive, I'm not sure, but I really do like it in this dark grey metallic with a, a beautiful silver and blue metallic fleck in it. In terms of the actual rear end of the car, it's not just the fact that the rear window is at a different height. The whole rear hatch has been redesigned and the rear bumper as well. And the rear hatch itself goes much further down and it's actually necessitated moving of where the number plate is. That's now in the middle of a redesigned rear bumper. Uh, This has got the sports exhaust pack on it, so there's two exhausts either side in a gloss black which really suits the car and sounds pretty good when you fire it up as well. In terms of the boot space itself, I've just opened the boot there uh, with the electric assistance. Very flat floor. Uh, Underneath the floor, a space saver spare tyre. It's not saving that much space, actually. It is uh, deflated at the time. It's a 20-inch spare wheel in there. So, as I say, it's not saving a lot of space. Now, you do lose a little bit of your luggage space but not much at all really because there's a lot of very clever design in how this car 
looks like a coupe but still has the versatility of an SUV. Let's close the boot for a moment as the next aircraft comes in. There's a rear camera in that trailing edge of there as well. The rear end itself, and I'll just let the plane go over. The rear end now is very, very recognisably Porsche from the new 992-911. In fact, it started out on the Panamera even before that. This integrated full-width light bar and Porsche script, or actually Porsche lettering across. That's been carried across into pretty much everything now. The Cayenne S is in the, the Porsche script, and the S is still exactly the same shape uh, as it is on my 993 uh, Carrera S from 1996. I like that old and new. It's something that Porsche do very well indeed. The back end of this car with the LED light pack, uh, the four very distinctive reverse lights in white that stand out there, mirror what is in the headlights at the front with the four little spot day notice lights as well. That's very good. There's a spoiler that pops up just above that full width rear end that we've been talking about, lit rear end. Um, you don't have to have that up all the time. It comes up at certain speeds. You can... Aim to have it up if you want to. It's a beautiful piece of engineering. It does actually slightly reduce the rearward uh, vision from inside the car, but it does mean you know when it's up. Let's come down the driver's side of the car. The wheels on this car are the options, and these are the 22-inch options called Porsche Spider. It's the multi, typical multi-spoke. Uh, everything down to the sills is body colour including the wheel arch extensions let's do my usual trick just move my jacket for a moment and I'll sit in the back of the car with the seat um, actually I was going to say with the seat adjusted for me but because this has got uh, comfort entry the seat's even further back than that uh, the back seats are uh, divided so it is actually only a four seater uh, but I have to say it's very very comfortable in here it's a uh, Light tan saddle colour in the back with uh, black on the upper surfaces and uh, black as far as the uh, roof lining and the B and C pillar uh, is concerned. Now, if I close the door with the typical Porsche clunk, what's the difference between being in the back of this and in the back of the standard car. Well, actually, very little indeed. The shape of the sports seat in the front means it has an integrated headrest. So, okay, that's a little bit different, but that can be said on any car that, that has the sports seat. You've got a full-length panoramic sunroof, which lightens things up, although at the moment, uh, in the middle of the Australian day, I've got the blind pulled across that. The window line is about... Well, just below, maybe an inch below shoulder level. And if I look directly to my right-hand side, I see a little bit of the C-pillar. But there's cutouts in the roof, so my headroom is actually not affected at all. Lots of storage in the middle of the effectively rear centre console. No seat there, as I say it. That's quite important. But lots of places to put your phones and stuff like that two charging points at the back but warning 
they are USB-Cs, not full-size USB, which sort of caught me out a little bit. There's two more in the front as well. A couple of cup holders, and of course you can fold the uh, centre armrest stroke cup holder up and down. I really like the combination of the tan and the black inside this car. A little bit of uh, piano black, high gloss black uh, to just lighten it up and give a different texture and polished aluminium on the door handles themselves. Both speakers in the back and the front. Lots of LED lighting uh, if you want to do some reading in the back, etc, etc. Uh, let's before I get in the front, let's go around the rest of the car, actually. Because, as I said, it's pretty much identical to the cars that we've tested uh, in the past, although it's updated for 2020 with a slightly new look to the headlamps, uh, the projector beams and the LED kit uh, on there as well. The front end of the Cayenne has evolved over its life and now, to me, is uh, a much better and more... Porsche-like representation on this big and still relatively high car, uh, let's be honest. So three grills across the front, number plate in the middle, Porsche crest in the middle of the bonnet, two nice big headlamp units, then a couple of additional air intakes underneath. Not perhaps quite as aggressive as, say, the Q8 that I tested last year, which is a similar concept and philosophy of car. I think this is relatively understated. Now, whether or not the windscreen has a slightly steeper rake and therefore that affects how you perceive the side profile of this Porsche Cayenne S Coupe, I think you'd have to put two cars side by side to find out. But what is very clever is how the designers have used the gloss black pack and the window surrounds to trick your eye and it, it these aren't it's not pillarless glass here so you do have door and window surrounds to trick your eye so the window actually the rear window actually comes down at a steeper curve a more pronounced curve towards the arrowhead uh, back window back side window uh, than the roof does and so the roof bar gets progress progressively broader and then this beautiful three-piece spoiler part of which is actually on what is a very pronounced curved roof from the edges to the middle it's really clever what it's what they've done with it and with the big glass panoramic sunroof that's all gloss black as well so actually from some angles and if i just bend down a little bit you actually can't see that bulbous roof that sits up to give you that headroom inside the back and it makes the car look even lower at the back very very clever indeed the rest of the car well it's all porsche this has got the multi-adjustable sports seats in it and again everything comes together very nicely when you sit in it if i just pull, pull myself up a little bit and uh, turn the entertainment off then I settle into my chosen driving position 
the multiple screens light up this is like any other Porsche with lots of gloss black until you turn the pretend key uh, there's not a start button here there's still something that sticks out that looks like a key but the key actually is still in my pocket I really like this quartzite grey colour outside and the way that they've done a little bit of contrast inside not many changes in terms of how the instrumentation the steering wheel uh, the center console works and really why would you bother because Porsche have got that right over the years it's still the big uh, analog rev counter in the front everything else around that uh, is TFT screens and customizable same can be said for the huge touchscreen in the middle this one's got the sport chrono dial in the middle as well which if i'm honest i never really know what to do with now i did mention about rearwood's vision uh, it's not look like looking out of a post box by any stretch of the imagination but even in a relatively svelte rear view mirror in terms of its glass area um there's a lot of black bars top and bottom. We've really gone into 16.9 or 49 anamorphic if you're a film fan. And when that rear spoiler comes up underneath the rear window, it just takes another half an inch or maybe an inch and a half out of that as well. But with that said, I still think this is a good car in terms of its all-round visibility. Things have changed massively in cars down through the years, particularly with how thick the air pillars are here. But I haven't really noticed any massive blind spots. Okay, I'm a motorcyclist, so I do look over right and left shoulders when I'm moving around, particularly in areas I'm not familiar with. And the big door mirrors, well, they cover pretty much all of the side of the car and a bit more. There's a slight redesign on those, which makes them a little more aerodynamic. Only single glazed glass, but it is has had some acoustic treatment and some... Uh, water treatment, water repellent treatment as well, which has bizarrely worked really well when we got a few showers uh, while we've had this car. So it's a new body style. Does that mean that much difference? Well, it might do to some people, and it might swear them into this type of car from either a saloon or an estate. The, I guess the problem for Porsche, I suppose the problem for Porsche is, they've got cars that you might think is are uh, competition for this and I think particularly of the Panamera Sport Turismo which is effectively their estate car which does very much of the same thing and has actually quite a bit more storage space but it, what it doesn't have is the raised driving position um, the driving by the way is ultimately uh, customizable with two different sports suspension session settings uh, various different ride height settings plus the off-road settings as well and yes this does have off-road capability because the short overhangs front and rear mean that you can have a relatively good what's called in the off-roading trade attack and departure angles approach and departure angles uh, and there's a wading depth listed as well i suspect that most of these cars will never see that. At the heart, underneath the bonnet, is a updated version, an updated version of the 3-litre, now 2.9 V6 petrol engine. This one tuned by Porsche for a, I would think, more than adequate 440 horsepower and well over 500 newton metres of torque. 
Uh, the extras can easily push the prices up, of course, on these cars. Uh, one of the things that this car has got is the sports exhaust, which is, I think, absolutely worth it. And remember, that noise is coming from a 2,000-kilogram SUV. Right, so the Porsche Cayenne S. It looks good. How's it drive? Let's find out. Behind the wheel of the Porsche Cayenne S Coupe. Very nice place to be. Uh, not much more to say than has already been said about sitting behind the wheel of any Porsche, to be honest. The steering wheel could come from a 911 or one of the other models the tactile nature of all the controls are exactly as you would expect from a Porsche and in fact exactly as we have experienced in Porsches down through the years and with other versions of the Cayenne and the Macan the SUV range so in terms of what this coupe brings to the party that is all very much four or five feet behind us However, what does bear saying is that once again, and if we just flex the right toe for a moment and let the eight-speed gearbox do its thing to move up another 20 kilometers as the speed limit increases here, the Porsche engine people and the Porsche chassis control people, I refuse to call them something as dismissive as suspension engineers because this is 2,000 kilograms of car that behaves as if it's probably a half to three quarters of that weight. It feels incredibly well balanced on the road. The individual settings allows you to pick your chassis ride height, how stiff your suspension is, how the engine and gearbox respond, and the sports exhaust. So I've got engine and gearbox on auto, the steering is on dynamic, the suspension is as low as it can go and the shock absorber settings is as hard as it can go and even with these tiny little sidewalls on the 22 inch wheels and tyre combination the ride is firm yes but never unsettling not jiggly it just feels poised and for a car of this size and this height and this weight, that's an extraordinary feat that Porsche have pulled off. And here's another thing that might surprise you as well. This 2.9 V6 engine, a peach by the way. And, and once again, the balance between finding the power without losing the load down torque has been achieved. That virtuous triangle seems to apply when people say oh you can only have two out of three you can have power you can have power at the top end you can have torque at the bottom end of you can have fuel economy <laughs> just apply apparently to the VAG brands Bentley have used some of the four litre twin turbo V8 engines and got amazing fuel economy with cylinder cut technology Audi of course are well known for what they can do and Porsche have definitely not been left behind with this engine sounds great when you put it under load it's got 
really good torque at the bottom end so that when you drive the car in manual mode just by slipping the gear select it over to the left hand side and then using the paddles all the time it doesn't want to shift down too much you can let the car roll on and of course this has got the coast facility as well the sailing facility i like to call it so that when you're in a gear if you pull back the right hand shift leader lever and it won't change up another gear or even if you're in eighth so there is no more gear to shift up to what it does is sort of disconnects the engine from the gearbox and the revs drop down to just under a thousand revs and you're effectively coasting and it's an extraordinary thing and just watch your fuel consumption improve if you put that in the automatic modes the car does that itself so if you're going down a hill it'll deselect now what that does mean is you don't have engine braking but the moment that you go onto the very very good brakes with great feel and wonderful amount of pedal travel just enough to let you know what's going on they're very confidence inspiring and the moment you go onto that pedal the car says ah i see he's trying to shift out he's trying to slow down let's just give him a little bit of a help drops down the gears for you as well now if you're in the manual mode you can sort of get around that so that you can just dab the brakes a couple of times and it won't shift down as early which you pays your money you take your choice or in this case you slot the shift leader across and you take your choice what do i think is decent fuel economy well cruising around sydney up to bathurst in and out of the track a few times and then back around sydney um we've done uh, somewhere near let me just cycle through the display here and i'll tell you exactly i would have done 600 650 kilometers in this car and the average is a shade under 30 miles to the uk gallon work that out in litres per 100 kilometers uh, traveled if you really must but i can never make that mental jump between those two if i'm brutally honest the car feels just as at home on the city streets and for a big car it doesn't drive big you can see the edges of it manoeuvring it is pretty easy as it does on the open roads all right only 110 kilometers an hour top speed limit uh, here on the roads that we've tried in australia but that's getting on for 70 miles an hour uk speed limit it is that as well it's a very well put together machine of course it is it's a porsche and so it brings in point of fact just another choice if you're looking at a porsche and particularly a porsche suv i know there are people who like the ideas of suvs but think they look a bit bluff a bit square a bit dare i say it, utilitarian although i'm not sure you could level that description at any of the porsche suvs well if you want something a little more svelte a little more stylish a little more sporty looking then this is the car for you the porsche Cayenne S Coupe 2.9 petrol V6 it is another string to the bow of Porsche another arrow in a very full quiver they really are turning out cars that have a distinct Porsche personality but appeal to the biggest possible audience and after all 
Isn't that what means if they are selling these cars, whether you like them or not? I know there's some people who still slightly balk at a Porsche SUV. But if Porsche are selling these cars and selling them at the volume that they are, that means that the 911s and the Caymans and the Boxsters can still be produced. And ultimately, that can't be a bad thing, can it? Particularly when the Porsche Cayman S Coupe is as good as this is. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.